0: Praise the Lord. His name is Yahweh. He's the miracle-working God. Come and do a miracle today. You are a powerful healer. Come and heal so powerful today. Father, we thank you. We give you praise. We honor your holy name. Abba Father, we feel humbled in your presence this afternoon. You deserve honor and glory. You deserve praises. The greater I am, the glorious King, the most holy God, the everlasting one. From eternity past to eternity to come, you never change. Lord, we give you praise. We honor your holy name, Lord. Jehovah Gibor, we thank you. Jehovah Shama, we thank you. Jehovah Sitkenu, we thank you. Jehovah Nisi, thou art great. Jehovah Elohim, you are good. Jehovah Donai, we thank you this afternoon. Jehovah Ebenezer, we thank you. We give you honor, we glorify your name. Father, come and Touch our lives so powerfully tonight. Thou art the great king, thou art the everlasting one. Father, speak to your people, speak to us. Here we are in your presence, king of glory. We look unto you, king, that you minister to us. Thank you for the privilege of hearing from you this afternoon, Lord. We honor your name, we glorify thee. In Jesus' name we pray. May God bless you so much. Amen. Amen. How are you this morning, this afternoon? <laughs> Praise the Lord. <clears throat> Maybe somebody thinks I've, uh, I've inherited some more money, the properties of sleeping during the day. So when I wake up in the afternoon, I say good morning. I thank God this afternoon for the time that we have. I want this morning for us to share on the subject of a priestly life, a priestly life. Now the moment we talk of priests, what rings in the minds of many people we have got somebody in a rope and so many things, vestments. And indeed, we are going to talk about it today. Praise the Lord. Want us to turn to the book of First Peter, chapter 2. verse 5 The Bible says you also like living stones are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ Now if you look at that verse it has been divided divided in 3 parts I'm not a, a linguist, but when you put a comma to me, you are telling me this is one part. When you put the second comma, you're telling me this is the second part. So when I read from my scripture, it says, He also, as lively stones, I build up a spiritual house, and an unholy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. So in it, I have got a spiritual house, one. And I've got a holy priesthood, two. And I've got another part there that I've identified, which is offering up spiritual sacrifices. Of course, which are acceptable to God by Christ Jesus. Jesus. This morning, I wanted us just to talk about a priestly life. We know a priest must be living in a house, true or false. I liked those kind of questions when I was in school. Although they are very risky, it's 50-50. Praise the Lord. So the the chance of missing it out is very high. So when I say true or false... No, no, much problem. Just true, false, true, false, true, false. It's very easy. A priest must live in a house. A priest must walk out of that house in cloth. And the priest must do some work for him to be called a priest. Let us look at the house. Then we'll look at the vestments and briefly we'll lo- look at the work. The house. When we talk of a house as a physical thing, we always have an image, a mental picture of what it looks like. There is an aspect of permanency with it. You can have that picture even if you walk far away from the location, you will still have a picture of how a house looks like. If I came to your house, I can still describe it long after, assuming it is still in the same shape and no God who has visited you. Praise the Lord. So it will remain in the same shape. There is an aspect of permanency. We can kind of define it. If you look at the vestments, the cloth, it's more of defining your style. The cloth kind of defines your style. So I can refer to the vestments of a high priest as his lifestyle, representing his life style. Therefore, and the work will be the purpose for which he has been called. First Peter also, 2, 9, and 10, talked of, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Which in time past were not a people but are now the people of God which had not obtained mercy but now have obtained mercy. If you link those two verses it's the asp- those things that I've been introducing the whole thing with the issue of house, the issue of lifestyle are kind of coming out. So we do expect from a royal priest or a priest to have a style of life that he lives that defines him to makes him to be a peculiar person, unique that's why the Bible is talking of a chosen generation we can be a generation but there can be a chosen generation which distinguishes one from the general aspect there is the royal priesthood We can be a set of priesthood, but then the word royal defines one or distinguishes one from the rest. Then we have got a peculiar people. We are all people, but when you become peculiar, there is some unique characteristics about you that make you stand out from the rest. Praise the Lord. The Bible has told us why you have been made a holy nation, A peculiar person, a royal priesthood. Now let us go back to what I was saying the spiritual house, the tabernacle, which I'm referring to as the tabernacle. But before we look at this, let's go back to Exodus chapter 28. Verse 8, and let them make a sanctuary that I may dwell among them according to all that I sh- Is that? It should be 15. Something like 28, 6 says what? Make the effort of gold, and of blue, purple, scarlet, yarn, the finely twisted linen. Now, verse 28, verse 6 is trying to define... the various aspects that were supposed to be included. Verse 26, uh, chapter 26, verse 1, make the tabernacle with ten curtains of finely twisted linen and blue, purple and scarlet Yan with cherubim woven into them by a skilled worker. Now, from verse chapter 25 going onwards to chapter 31, those chapters are strictly explaining how the tabernacle, that according to the pattern that Moses was shown on the mountain, was supposed to appear like. And to the mountain he had told him, and let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them according to all that I show thee. After the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all instruments thereof, even so shall ye make it. So when God was telling Moses to go and lead the children of Israel into making the tabernacle, there was a pattern that he showed him. And that pattern is what he wanted to be reflected in the construction of the temple. And so when you start reading chapter 25 onwards up to 31, you begin to realize that God is particular on the details of the pattern that he had given had wanted everything to be constructed in accordance with the pattern that he gave so one thing we realize that god desired to have a place to dwell in and then chapters 25 and 31 describe the physical outlay of the tabernacle and the instruments used in it and i have said there was particularly the issue of attention to detail that God continued to stress throughout the tabernacle and the cloth that the priest was supposed to have. So I asked myself, why does God pay so much attention to details in this part? And I said, because the Bible says we are the temple of God. And if we be the temple of the Holy Spirit, God does expect us to be constructed in a manner that is ready to receive him. And that is why he told Moses to do it not according to his thoughts, but according to the pattern that he had been shown. Praise the Lord. And every part of this temple must follow the pattern that God desired. Why? Because he must be holy as he who has called you is holy. Proverbs fourteen eleven. The house of the wicked shall be overthrown, but the tabernacle of the upright shall flourish. The house of the wicked shall be overthrown, but the tabernacle of the upright shall flourish. When God is turning you into a tabernacle, it's making you a holy place to dwell. It's because he wants you to flourish. Praise the Lord. He wants you to escape the destruction of the wicked and come into a position where you can flourish. Praise the Lord. Job 11, Job chapter 11, from verse 13 to 19. Verse 14, if iniquity be in thine hand, put it far away, and let not wickedness dwell in thy tabernacles. I have started with 14, then I come to 13. If thou prepare thine heart, and stretch out thine hands toward him. So first God wants us To put iniquity out of our hands. Praise the Lord. In so doing. Is purifying the tabernacle. The temple. Who we are. Praise the Lord. That we may be ready to receive. The Holy One. We may be ready to receive. The Spirit of God. To abide in us. Praise the Lord. But. Put it far away, and let wickedness dwell. Sorry, let not wickedness dwell in thy tabernacles. So that, verse thirteen. Sorry for reading that way, but there is a reason. So that, if thou, thy, thou prepare thy heart. If you have gotten rid of iniquity, and your heart is prepared, you can stretch thy hands towards him. Praise the Lord. If your hands and your heart is not prepared, it is in vain to lift them up to God. It's an, uh, like an abomination. But when you have followed the pattern of God of making yourself pure, because He's pure, then it glorifies Him. Verse 15. For then shalt thou lift up thy face without sport, you will have the confidence to come before God without feeling any guilt in your heart. Why? Because you cleansed yourself, you got rid of iniquity from your heart. The tabernacle that you are setting aside for God follow this pattern of holiness and righteousness. it is ready to receive him. It is unashamed to be in the presence of God. So you have every confidence to come before him without fear. Yeah, thou shalt be steadfast and thou and shalt not fear. That means you will be bold as you come before God. Praise the Lord. You will be bold as you come before God. And there will be no? Fear. Verse 16. Because thou shalt forget thy misery and remember it as waters that pass away. Because thou shalt forget thy misery and remember it as waters that pass away. I thank God. Maybe there are people whose lives have been undergoing some form of misery or another. But the Bible is saying, if you have followed the pattern of God, making yourself pure, getting rid of sin, iniquity from you, you will have the confidence of lifting up your hands to Him. Praise the Lord. And if you have the confidence of lifting your hands to Him, calling unto Him, you will not be ashamed because there will be no spot on your face. Praise the Lord. There will be nothing that the accuser can come and say, yes, he's lifting his hands to you, but see this. No, it will have gone. For that reason, the misery that was coming your way will not be there. Now, I was looking at this, and the Bible was saying, like the water, let's read it again, and, and remember it as waters that pass away. So what came to my mind was Oman. Man in the months of June, if you have water and pour on the sand and walk for twenty minutes and come back to that place, will there be anything informing you that there was water there? If you just drop some water on the, on, the, on, the, on the sand, evaporation will have Blown it away. Praise the Lord. So the same way you'll be searching for where the water is in the sand is what the Bible is saying will happen to your misery. It will disappear for you not to trace it again. Remember why? Because the tabernacle, the house of the priest who you are, has been cleansed and the evil is no more found in it. Iniquity is no longer being found in it. So that house, which is the house of a high priest, a royal priest, a holy nation. Can you say I'm a holy nation? I'm a royal priest. Praise the Lord. I'm a peculiar person. That is what the Bible is defining you as. If that be your portion, these things will come to happen. You know, it's good that we are reading about Job. Because it's a testimony of somebody who made sure that his life, his heart was cleansed of iniquity. Praise the Lord. He would be bold to stand before God. And even God himself bore witness of Job. And he was so proud of him. He was telling the devil, you, where are you from? And the devil said, I've been roaming about on the face of the earth. That's why in Kenya, there's a common saying. Sometimes when you greet some, how are you? He says, I'm, I'm, I'm like this. Praise the Lord. Where have you been? About. Just about. So we we used to make a joke about, we say you've become the friend of the devil. Because he's the one who just walks about. Praise the Lord. God found this man just walking about. And he asked him, I'm sure you have encountered my servant, Joe. You've come across him. What is your testimony of him? The devil did not want to confess that he had lost. He said, but you have built a wall around him. I'm walking about, but I can't go to say hi to him. Praise the Lord. Because the man had discovered how to keep his house pure. How to keep the tabernacle holy. Praise the Lord. Because it was the house of a high priest. And he had decided that I want to keep this house, this tabernacle of mine, holy. Praise the Lord. Let's look at verse 17. We'll go those, through those t- verses carefully. And it says, And thine age shall be clearer than the noonday. Thy age. I met one of my students here in Oman not, not very long time ago. He could be around 20. There. I'll not tell you my age. (laughs) Praise the Lord. (laughs) I looked at this boy and he looked like slightly my younger brother, two years younger than me. He looked at me and said, you, you, you don't change. He said, of course. I don't change. Because the person who stays in me is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Amen. Praise the Lord. Of course, we will grow old. But because the tabernacle is clean, our lives will look like they're bright, ever growing brighter and brighter and brighter. Praise the Lord. The way you see things clearly in the noonday, that's how... When you decide that you want to make your tabernacle aligned with the things of God, prepared for him, that's how God refreshes your life. Praise the Lord. I'm sure if I said, all the members of Bread of Life stand on the streets of Muscat, this is a fairly young church. Somebody will make that comment. Praise the Lord. And we we are going there. We are moving, but because God is refreshing us. Praise the Lord. Something else happens. Thou shalt shine forth, though. Sorry. Thou shalt shine forth. Thou shalt be as the morning. In the morning, we are always being refreshed. Everybody feels refreshed in the morning. Praise the Lord. And that's what the Bible is saying that every time when your tabernacle is clean, that's the house of the high priest, you are always refreshed. Praise the Lord! Never complaining of exhaustion. There are some people, the moment you meet them at the place of work, "Ah, I'm tired. What did you come to do in your job? Because they are never refreshed. I don't know what work they do in the night. But I I can assure you, if your tabernacle is not clean, that old man, the serpent, will always be hovering around. He'll keep you busy. You are asleep, but you are very busy. You will come out so tired. But when you wake up and start calling upon the name of the Lord, sweeping that tabernacle, cleansing it, telling God, I want my hand to be pure this morning. I I want my face not to have any spot in it this morning. Every morning, He makes you be keen to feel fresh. Praise the Lord. You feel energized because the presence of the Holy One is in you. Praise the Lord. And thou shalt be secure. How many want to be secure this morning? Because there is hope. Yeah. Thou shalt dig about thee. And thou shalt take the rest in safety. Praise the Lord. Though there be problems around. You shall stand secure in the presence of God. Why? Because you as a holy person. Nation, you abide in the tabernacle of God, which has been kept holy in itself. Praise the Lord. Something else that we come to see is in Job chapter uh, 5, verse 24 says, And thou shalt know that thy tabernacle shall be in peace. And thou shalt visit thy habitation, and thou shalt not sin. Peace shall surround you, because your habitation, your tabernacle is clean. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That tabernacle that God has kept in you, he keeps making clean. Because the Bible says, we are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Know ye not, know ye not that you are there? temple. Know ye not, know ye not that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. That is what God is asking us this morning. Shall we come to a point where our house, the habitation of the Holy One is made clean in our lives. Where the inner being is always refreshed by His presence. Where we feel the presence of God always lifting us up Through those difficult moments. We say. There is a time that people walk. And they feel miserable. But the Bible has told us very clearly. In the book of Job. and Job himself also went through. A a very difficult time. But if we have kept our house. Right with God. The misery will disappear. Praise the Lord. Because he has swept it away from us. We shall be kept. Confident of his presence. Forevermore. Praise the Lord. So in Job 5, 24, we have said, Thou shalt know that thy tabernacle shall be in peace, and thou shalt visit thy habitation and shall not sin. Verse 17, Behold, happy is the man whom God correcteth. Why does God correct you? Because that your life may be kept right. Therefore, despise not the, the the chastening of the Almighty, He doesn't want you to despise that because it brings you to an understanding with him. Let me read from the NIV. Blessed is the one whom God corrects. So do not despise the discipline of the Almighty. For he wounds, but he also binds up. He injures, but his hands also heal. Whenever I used to look at this verse, I would wonder, how can God wound me? And then I looked at myself, I said, When you go to the hospital, sometimes you have had a wound, praise the Lord. And the doctors are very, very loving. But they can also be very firm with their decision. The wound is healing, is hardening, but they realize that there's an infection. So they tell you, okay, lie there. And they remove that thing. It's never enjoyable when they're removing the one which is just about to heal. Because they know there's an infection that is going to develop. They remove, clean it, and now start dressing it afresh. Although they are wounding you, but in the long run, they are making you better. Praise the Lord. You feel pain, but it's not intentional. It is a corrective pain to restore you to perfect health. Praise the Lord. So, for he wounds, but also binds us. He injures. But his hand also heals us. 19. From six calamities. Will rescue. you. In seven. No harm will touch you. Maybe you have just gone through two calamities. And you are saying. Okay. Let me wait for the next four. But even those two. He wants to heal you from them. Praise the Lord. He wants to make you have the joy of your salvation. That you may clothe yourself in the dress, the garment of salvation and joy. Praise the Lord. Let's look at the second part which we said, that of the attire. If you look at Exodus 28... Verse 29. Whenever Aaron enters the holy place, he will bear the names of the sons of Israel over his heart on the breast bris- piece of decision as continuing memorial before God. Praise the Lord. Now, the vestment of our priest was so elaborate. We had that headgear, the turban, we had the blue ribbon, then we had... The with stones there. On each of them, special stones, each one of them had the name of one of the tribes of Israel. Praise the Lord. So what the Bible is saying is as he entered, he was presenting. He was kind of presenting the, tribe, the tribes of Israel before God. He was mediating for them. But apart from that, I just wanted us to get one thing here. Again, if you look, read through those chapters. It's a long description. You begin to realize something: that God, again, when it came to the dress of the priest, God was particular on everything that was supposed to be included. Praise the Lord. What struck me most was about the hem. He talked of how the hem will be sewn with a bell and a great. a bell and around it. I was wondering, why can't he just put bells on one side and the other thing on the other side? and That is it. But God was very specific on how he wanted it. Now that detail, that specific nature, is what is striking me. Why is God so keen to see that the vestment, the dress of the priest is also perfect? It's because our lifestyle, I said, the the, the vestment will reflect the lifestyle that we have. Praise the Lord. Because that's our style that we work with. People see us the way we appear. And so this dressing, God is laying an emphasis on it. Because you must reflect his nature. Praise the Lord. Somebody said Christianity is a lifestyle. Now the order of arrangement, especially the hem. Was something to meditate upon. As you read. The men chosen. To put together this vestment. The Bible says. Were men of special abilities. As God gave them. So that means. As the man puts on that vestment. It is reflecting the workmanship. Of those that did it. How does that reflect to us as a church. Every Friday we sit here. Every meeting we come and people share with us the gospel. Praise the Lord. We pray that God Almighty may give the understanding that whatever is shared shall be such as God wants it to be done according to his pattern. Praise the Lord. Because only that will give the wearers of the tunic the reflection of the image of God into the world. My desire this morning is that we may understand that God was not just including these things, the details, for the sake of filling the chapter. It was because there was things that a clear message He was sending. I want you to be pure. And this is the way I want you to walk in my presence. This is the life I want you to lead. This is the way I want you to reflect my image to the world. And that's what God is speaking to us this morning. This afternoon. That our life is not just our own. It's a reflection of who lives deep within us. Praise the Lord. And so that royal priestly garment that we are putting on. Must always reflect the image of God. Don't put another addition that God has not okayed. Praise the Lord. Let's not think of something else that we think will make it better. His pattern is perfect. Praise the Lord. Lessons to be drawn from the attire. It symbolized authority. Holiness and righteousness will give a believer legitimacy in exercising God's power. Praise the Lord. Because if the vestment, our lifestyle, will follow the pattern of God, then it will reflect the holiness of God. That in itself will give us A legal ground to call upon the power of God into our lives. Example, in the book of Acts, those guys who went and started telling the demons, eh, they said, in the name of Jesus that Paul preaches, what happened? The demons were bold and said, Jesus we know. That one, we have no problem we don't want him around us. Paul, we also know. But who are you? Because these people walked with an attire that was not according to the pattern of God. Praise the Lord. As a result, they were exposed. It was not covering them fully. The holy pattern of God will allow you to walk in righteousness. Righteousness. The priestly gown that God is going to give to you, that you may dress yourself with, will keep you secure because it is anointed of God. Praise the Lord. Why do I say that? Because Moses was instructed, when Aaron and the sons come, must first of all be washed, cleansed, and then now the attire is put on them. When they reached the door of the tabernacle, they were supposed to be cleansed. Then the attire was put on top of them. Then later, the oil of anointing was poured on them, perfecting the work that had been done. Praise the Lord. And that is why when you you desire to walk in accordance with the will of God, when you invite God to begin to minister into your life and to cleanse you, you're actually telling him, I want to be patterned in accordance with the temple that you set up. Now, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not talking about Jewish customs. I'm just translating the pattern that was set in the first testament. Because the Bible says that was an image of what was to come on later. Praise the Lord. It was a reflection of what God had prepared for you and for me later in the new testament. So, the coming of Jesus Christ is transforming us, cleansing the old temple, getting rid of the filth, and restoring the earlier pattern that God wanted in us. Praise the Lord. Number two, the breastplate had all the 12 names of the tribes of Israel. What did that reflect? The total submission of God. So, the priest was kind of holding the body together and saying, Lord, on behalf of these people, I surrender myself in your presence. I was reading a story about this general, the, the Japanese general in the Second World War. What happened? When he came to sign the surrender code, in effect, he was surrendering on behalf of the whole army. Praise the Lord. So as... Priests in our homes, in the Friday classes, in our organizations. Because we are a royal priesthood, you never leave that tag. Wherever you are, you are one. Praise the Lord. And so, wherever you are, you represent a whole multitude. And as you come before God, like the priest used to come with the names, the 12 names, you also come with those that are attached to you before God. And lay them surrendering at his feet. Praise the Lord. And that in itself. Becomes an act of obedience. And an act of submission to God. So the attire that you put on as a child of God. Carries along. And represents many others. Who are tied to you. Your children. If you are a father. That does it. Let's talk talk about two types of attires in Ephesians 6 verse 10. Ephesians 6 verse 10. Paul says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that he may be able to stand against the wills of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God that ye may be able to withstand the evil day and having the all to stand. Now we were talking about the attire of the priests. But the priest does not remain in one attire throughout. That special attire was to go into the temple. But I am sure he had had another set of attires. I want to use the example of doctors. As I grew up as a child, anybody who put on the white coat... I would be tempted to ask him, which hospital do you work in? <laughs> because to me, and if he ever made a mistake to put something like a string on the neck, that's a doctor. But as I grew up, I began to realize, these doctors are not only in white aprons every, every time. Sometimes they put on a very nice suit, and then in the hospital they put on the white apron. They will prescribe medicine. And then when the ambulance comes, the same doctor is now in a a green suit in the theater now. Praise the Lord. If you happen to be the one on the stretcher, and you met this doctor in the street, you may have to ask, are you the one I met in the street the other day? Because now the dress that he has is different. So I came to realize, every task has got its own special way of being approached. Praise the Lord. That, that, pre, that, 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 that gown, that garment that was being described there was reflective of the nature that God wants in us. But it doesn't change our very nature. We remain the same person. Praise the Lord. That holy vessel that has been created. If you change the cloth, it will remain the same. The same way this doctor changes from the white coat into the green vestment when he's operating. Even he doesn't want to touch you now. The, clo- the hands are with the gloves. Praise the Lord. Ready for the task at hand. That's an operation at that time. In Ephesians, Paul is talking about... Addressing God for this priest, the same priest. But the circumstances here now, the situation here is different. It's a situation of war. That is why he's talking of the armor. It's no longer that priestly gown. It is now the armor showing a military kind of situation ready for war. But the same man is the same, the same, same tabernacle, the same, same high priest is still moving in those situations. Praise the Lord. This is also different from the attire of Colossians three twelve, because the circumstances change. If you see Ephesians from one to nine. You can see the situation is not the same as the one is trying to describe in 10, from 10. 6 verse 1, children, obey your parents. Oh, that one I do. (laughs) Honor your father and mother. Oh, that one I do. At this time, I don't need to fight. Praise the Lord. So the cloth that I have to put on, these verses here, nothing to do with war. I just love. I just smile. I'm just patient. I'm just understanding. I'm just kind. I'm humble. But when he teaches this one now, he finally, be strong in the Lord. Then you get surprised. But I was just loving my children. I was with my wife, my, everything was okay, why now? In, and in this might, put on the full armor of God, so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Why? Verse 12. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. That means there's a struggle that we are going through. But against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers. So there's a war that is being fought. In Colossians 3, 12, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, bear. This was said last week. Praise the Lord. The attire is changing. Because of the circumstances. But we will go back to the same house. That holy house of a high priest. Praise the Lord. The vestment has changed. The circumstances have changed. But that does not preclude us from the house. We still go back to the same house. Where we have been designed to be royal priests. Praise the Lord. And that is the kind of life that we are going to experience. Circumstances are going to change. The situations we are going to interact with are going to be different. But our nature does not change. We must continue realizing that we are in this royal priesthood. We belong to a God that is concerned with us. In the book of Job, we saw how God had already prepared to protect us. Praise the Lord. That things will pass away. It will be like water that has just flowed. It has passed away. No more to be a concern to us. And as we come to the end, I would like us just to go back and revisit the book of uh, Matthew, chapter 22. Matthew 22. Why is it important for us to know that we are putting on the right attire? The right priestly robes that we may remain in this royal priesthood. We look at this parable and it says the king The kingdom of God of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come, but they refused to come. Then he sent some more servants and said, Tell the- those who have been invited that I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and fattened cattle have been but- but- butchered and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they paid no attention and went off. One to his field, another to his business, the rest seized his servants, mistreating them, and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his army and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. I would like us to skip and go to verse 11. But when the king, sorry, let's read 10. So the servants went out into the streets and gathered all the people they could find. The bad as well as the good. And the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he noticed a man there who was not wearing the wedding clothes. He asked, how did you get in here without wedding clothes, friend? The man was speechless. Church, I wanted us just to remind ourselves. You may have missed out everything, but what I want to say is this. We are talking about our lives. Are our lives reflective of the nature of God as we live in this world today? The Bible says many will come from the east and take seats on the table with the Lord when those who are the children of the kingdom are being thrown away. If we look at this parable... Those who were invited did not come. But the most interesting thing is that when there was this open invitation, it appears to me, it appears to me. There were some people on the street who were wishing in their heart, oh, that I may be invited into this wedding. Although the invitation had not come, they were putting everything in place for the invitation. So that when they was there was just that sound, they came. Why do I say this? Because the second part, people were just invited and they sat. And only one person was found wanting. Praise the Lord. So don't take it for granted that you are saved. It's done. You need to work on it. That's what the Bible says. Work on your salvation with fear and trembling. To secure that place. Where the disciples were very happy. Saying how demons had obeyed them. Jesus said. Okay that is done. Everything is done. But why I want you to rejoice. Is that your names are in the book of life. Why? Because it's only those. Whose names are in the book of life. That will make it. Praise the Lord. These guys here. They came in. But one of them just followed the others. They had not been invited, but they took their place at the table. And finally, Luke 15. We see the, what we commonly refer to as the prodigal son. It was mentioned last, uh, two weeks ago. And I just want us to mention some few things there as we close. Verse 17, when he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving. This is somebody who was living in abundance, forsook that opportunity, carelessly went to live, lost all the connection with that life full of of abundance. Now he was living like a vagabond. But thank God, because God, our God, is a God of a second chance. Praise the Lord. He spoke to this man, he came back to his senses, and came back home to his father. But what struck me most is what we were sharing some time back. But the father said to his servants, bring forth, that's verse 22, bring forth the best robe. And put it on him. And put a ring on his hand. And shoes on his feet. He had lost his priestly robe. The garments he had once done were done. Now he was putting on a wrong attire. But when he came back to the father. The Bible says the father ran to him. The man was protesting and saying I don't deserve all this. But the father in his heart was saying, I've been waiting for you all this time. What did he do? He put on him a new robe. The best. In fact, the Bible says the best robe. Praise the Lord. Why? That the shame of the man may disappear. This morning, I hope our shames are going to go. (laughs) If there has been shame in your life for one reason or another, let us receive the garment from God this morning. That our shame may disappear. Praise the Lord. A Second thing, the man put a ring on him. He put a ring. Every wedding day, that is something, where's my ring? Where's my ring? Are you, do you, you always ask your best man, did you remember to carry it? Because when they say now you want to exchange the rings and he doesn't have, that can be an embarrassing situation. Praise the Lord. Maybe we'll just fold some wire and give it to you. <laughs> but it will not be the right ring at that moment. But at this moment, the ring was put to them and said, You belong to me. The father invited, You belong to me. This morning, despite your tr- struggles, despite the kind of challenges you are facing, our daddy is saying, You are a royal priesthood. I want you to come back and get the best robe that I've kept for you. Praise the Lord. Maybe you have never made that decision before, but God is saying, Come, I want to give you this new robe. That your shame may disappear once and for all. That you may be changed in your life for eternity. Praise the Lord. And that will be done in your lives. Acquaint now thyself with him, and be at peace. Thereby good shall come unto thee. Receive, I pray thee, the law from his mouth, and lay up his words in thy heart. If thou return to the Almighty, thou shalt be built up. Thou shalt put away iniquity far from thy tabernacles. Then then shalt thou lay up gold as dust, And gold of offer, as the stones of the brooks. Yea, the Almighty shall be thy defense. Thou shalt have plenty of silver. For then shalt thou have thy delight in the Almighty, and shalt lift up thy face unto God. May the Lord give you that crown of joy.
1: If you had had any doubts as to who you are in the Lord, God has given us the answer today. You are a priest, a minister, a priest of the Most High God. You should have no more doubts as to who you are. So ask yourself this question. Let's just go into an attitude of prayer. Ask yourself this today. Do you really know that you are God's tabernacle? Do you know for sure that you are the temple of the living God? Search your heart and ask yourself that question. Do your vestments, does your lifestyle reflect the image of God? When somebody sees you, do they see the image of God in your lifestyle and in my lifestyle. Church, let's stand as we take these verses from the book of Acts, chapter 26. These were the words which were spoken to to Saul, which turned him into Paul. And I'm reading that because they can be reflected for us today. Acts 26, beginning at verse 16. But rise and stand to your feet, for I have appeared to you this, for this purpose, to make you a minister and a witness, both of the things which you have seen and of the things which I will yet reveal to you. I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles to whom I now send you. To open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God. That they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. You see, do you recognize who you are now as a priest? You have a task that's godly. You have a task that's been given by God because he said it to Saul long time back and he is saying that to us. To every person who says that he or she is a born again believer who has received Jesus Christ into his or her life. The task is that you are a minister. And the first instruction is stand up and go. You cannot be a minister sitting down. That's God telling us. And then he tells us there is a mission and you have to embark on that mission. You have to open the eyes that have been closed, that have been turned away from the light and you have to bring them back to the light. You have to turn people from the power of Satan to God. That is the task. But you need to accept that you are a minister. But before we embark on that mission, there is this thing that you and I need to do. You and I need to prepare ourselves in two ways. And that's what God told us today. Number one, clean your tabernacle. Talk to God right now. Does your temple, does your tabernacle need cleaning? What is the filth that is there? Because only you know that. And God. Your neighbor does not know the filth that is in your heart. Talk to God. Because if you have to be a minister... For the Lord, you need to clean your tabernacle first. Cleanse your temple. Cleanse your tabernacle. Ask God to take away all the rubbish that is there. To burn it out. And then you need to determine to wear the right vestments. Your lifestyle must reflect the image of God. Whose lifestyle are you reflecting today? The lifestyle that reflects an image of God is not something for a time 2000 years back, it is for today. Talk to God. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you have reminded us once again that we are your ministers, Lord. It is you who's called us, Lord. And it is you who's given us the task to take your word to a grieving world. To take your word to a blind world. To take your word and turn people from the power of Satan to you, God. Oh, Father God, before we do that, thank you, Lord, for telling us that we need to cleanse ourselves. That our tabernacles, our temples need to be cleansed. And Father God, we ask you this day, Lord, take away that dross which is there in us, Lord. Burn it out, Lord Father. Cleanse our hearts. Create in us a clean spirit, Lord, a clean heart. Make it a place where you would be Pleased to reside in Lord Father. And Father God where we need changing. In our lifestyle. In our attitudes. In our language. Father God I pray Lord help us to change Lord. Help us that we don't fall back on our old lifestyle Lord. Make us a new person. A new people a royal priesthood, a peculiar people, ready to serve you at all times, Lord Father. We thank you, Lord, that you have not giving up on us, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you still care for us. We give all glory to you. Thank you, Father God, for your servant whom you use this day, Lord Father. Father God, we pray, Lord, that you will anoint him the more, Lord Father, that he will bring your words of wisdom to us, Lord Father, that we will listen to him and correct because we know That it is your words he's bringing, Lord Father. We thank you, Lord. Pour out your anointing upon him, Lord. Father God, we ask that you bless him and his family, Lord Father. That they shall continue to be a blessing to every one of us, Lord. We give all glory to you. Thank you, Father, for every one of us gathered here. And as we step out, Lord Father, help us to stand firm for you, Lord. To step out as ministers of your word. We give all praise, honor, and glory unto you. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's share the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives. And we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Church, let's move outside, please. Fellowship. Remember, medical practitioners and practicing nurses, I'd like to meet with you for a short while on the side of the church.